Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vandal Drummond, the Love Handle, with Frito Esparza. This is episode number 76 of Lucha World, the podcast. The podcast. You weren't on last podcast because um, I mentioned that you were actually binge-watching Lucha Underground on Netflix. <laughs> and please confirm that you were indeed doing that because people would think I'm lying to them. But I know, I know you were watching. I'll it. share. I'll share your lie with myself. <laughs> I was watching that and nothing but that. However, as soon as it turned off, somebody removed the memory chip, chip from the t- uh, side of my head, and I forgot everything. All my memory of it is erased. <laughs> Don't worry, you got plenty of time to watch the remaining no. three, two and a half seasons. <laughs> two and a half seasons, right? Because we haven't finished third season. Well, I'm going over YouTube, and I'm, I, I'm, I just started looking at all the old, old, old lucha. Yeah. Here, here's a cheap plug for the Lucha Classica podcast. And I'm having so much fun just watching old Lucha. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot on, on YouTube right it's now. It's awesome. I love this day and age. And even even with that, there's so much like free current wrestling on, on YouTube also with, you know, CML, AAA. Um, and, you know, you kind of wish they had like the better stuff too on there. Like CML has some shows where they don't even have the, the they don't even record them and post them on their channel you know yes they can yes. make some money off of that stuff i think we're i think everybody's starting to realize that you can make money off youtube yeah I it's think taking people to, a while to figure that it out it is it is a it's still kind of new ground for a lot of people yeah and, <clears throat> excuse me um and yeah also like you say there's so much that is videotaped or even commercially yeah where you're thinking okay why are they choosing this instead of something a little more stellar that yeah like why well even with cmll that one time they put up that random sunday show for a buck yes it's like that one and not like the ones where they have good matches it's like exactly. it doesn't make sense yeah yeah it's it's weird it's it's the whys and wherefores of a wrestling promoter it's, and just from people i know who've promoted wrestling they know a lot of what to do and what not to do before they're actually promoters and are dreaming of it but then when they come become promoters they start falling with the same traps that they say they would never fall into and you know there's a lot of promoters who don't even like film their matches you know like which is crazy yeah you know it it, it would make sense just to put it up on youtube in some format absolutely because you're going to have a, a handful of people who are going to be interested maybe watch the match if not maybe even attend your shows mm-hmm. you know you never know yeah, so we have a lot of news this like I did the podcast last week and suddenly like I thought I had done enough and what happens like a oh, lot of news Lord. happened this past week. A lot of like tragedy and three deaths. Well, two three deaths. That's right, three deaths. Yes. Yeah, cuz last I talked about the that that death the last show. On uh, Dardo Aguilar? Yeah, yeah Dardo Aguilar. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll briefly I mean since you already Yeah, well, we're going to talk about him on Classico, but it's like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I you know, I He's one of those names I have not, I mean, that I've seen all over the yeah. place since I can remember, but... I think you probably saw him more as El Mago. Yeah. Because in the MLL, that was where you would see him more on magazines and stuff like that. Yes. Whereas as Dardo Aguilar, 
maybe not as much because it was a smaller smaller promotion yeah. or you'd see his gimmick character you know the I, I found some of the, the clips of him as Dardo Aguilar really uh, working with the folks like uh, Ricky Boy and Super Raton that you know whole yeah group. yeah yeah I really dug him he had a, he had a unique style that that in the same vein of Jack Evans where yeah he's doing Lucha but he had like a touch all his own yeah which yeah. I, I really dug yeah his whole it's not just a martial art gimmick. There was this lightsomeness and this just spring to it that was his own brand, it seemed. Yeah. And uh, the two most notable deaths, obviously. Yes. It's pretty surprising. Well, I mean, when you are when you reach a certain age, you know, it's like... I hate to say I, that I hate because I'm that. 55 years old. You know, it's even, I, think it's, I think it's usually a surprise when it's somebody younger, like Perro, Perro Jr., when he passed away at, in the mid-30s. Yeah, well, that was haunting. Yeah, so that was different. But, like, I think with um, Joaquin Roldan passing away, and actually they passed away within um, hours of hours each other. Hours of each other, yes. I think Joaquin was in the early morning, like 1 a.m., more or less. And then I think 12 hours later, Fishman passed away. And at the hospital. It sounds, just based on what we know now, I don't think there's any official word, but it sounds like Joaquin Roldan was cancer, and you were saying Fishman was a heart attack? Heart attack, yeah. So one totally out of the blue to anybody, probably. Well, you know... Unless Fishman had... A- I think Fishman had been ill for a while. Oh, really? Like, he wasn't, like, I don't know, I, I'm guessing this was, like, just the big one that came, or... Yeah. He might have been, he might have had some issues prior to that. Gotcha. Because I, I, I know, like, from reading some of the people who had seen him more recently, they noticed he looked a little more frail. Oh, but, wow. you know, a lot of a lot of the guys, as they get older, you kind of, like, lose a lot of muscle and stuff like that, so... And he was a pretty yeah. big dude, too. Yeah, I mean, so I think that's where they noticed also, because he was a big dude at, when he was a, mm-hmm. in his prime. So, you know, that that's that was, like, one of those... I don't know. It's it probably more of a shock to the casual fan than it would be the the yeah, and people you, who follow it. And with Joaqu- with Joaquin, I mean, I think he did a lot of uh, he did well before he before um, this past year he was like a he was always on television or doing the press conferences or appearing on um, whatever. If he was if there was interviews, he was on there. And in the last year, I mean, he's really his schedule. He hasn't been as visible. In, yes. in AAA, I mean... Which, even if there was no behind-the-scenes talk, you would give you pause to think... Yeah, because he, he he made an appearance for that um, press conference for Psycho Clown and Dr. Wagner mm-hmm. Jr.'s mass match contract signing, and it's like, he looked a lot thinner. But, oh. you know, you know, it's weird. Like, I don't know. Um, remember that craze a couple of years ago, um, that diet craze where people started losing, like, a lot of weight and they would get really skinny? Oh, was it... Like the water diet or something like that? Oh, the water diet. Because I remember the paleo diet where... There was some diet where it was like they just looked skinny and it was like, man, they didn't look healthy. They looked like the bodybuilders, only they didn't have the muscles and stuff like that. Just the bones and stuff like that. And when you see people that get lose weight and look like that, you don't really... Like nowadays, I don't think about it instantly as being, oh, they're going to... They're gonna die, or you know, they they must be sick or something. It's more like, oh, maybe he's maybe he gained some weight, maybe he wanted to lose some weight, and because well, I've had yeah, the opposite happen where uh, I saw somebody I know who um, was never a heavy person, but he looked rather gaunt, and I didn't know whether to say anything. And then another friend was saying, "Oh no, at his work, he's doing one of those uh, competition diets." 
Uh, you know, people people have a competition. They put money in, and yeah. whoever loses the most weight. Yeah. And I don't think that's a good way to make money. He, he it didn't look healthy. Yes. Yeah, I mean, really, all we know is that some of the reporters have mentioned that, that that's what they were, like, the sources mm-hmm. have said. Yeah. That it was cancer, but it's not. It hasn't been confirmed by the family. Now... But it's a big loss for uh, Joaquin. Was, Joaquin that, is a huge loss for see, Triple H. See, that was my because... question, is where does he stand in comparison to the other members like Dorian? Um, well, even even with that, I mean, you figure it's going to hurt them because, you know, yes. you lose somebody like that. Who, I mean, that's one of the things. They're a very close family. And even like with the McMahon family, that's a very close family. Yeah. They're working in the same business, so they obviously see each other more often than, say, like, a, a family where the, the 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 son or the daughters moved mm-hmm. on, maybe see them once a week, or maybe maybe see them for a few hours every couple of day uh, weeks or whatever. Whereas they work together, they I think they might have even lived together and stuff like that. So it's like it's gonna be a little bit more of a well intense. And also, is there any talk about is there anybody in that family who? Is kind of more, how do you say, the backbone of the promotion? Who? Well, I think Dorian is the one that they've been trying to like. He's been the one that they've been grooming, yes. and this goes back to when Antonio Pena was still around. I think they were grooming him to be the the mm-hmm. main, the main focus of the of the promotion. As we hear a car going by, going by. <laughs> I love, There's no, no train no, available. Yes, it's, it's, the sound effect for yes, train is yes, unavailable. Yes, we get this really loud car passing by. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I think Dorian, from the moment that Antonio Pena was like already having health problems, he was the one that they were pretty much planning to to. And he's been doing that more lately. Like he's been doing more of the interviews. The the he's been doing the he's been given more of a control of the promotion. Gotcha. Although I think what happened, I think when Joaquin got ill, I think what happened was was Dorian Dorian took on the role of handling more of the AAA business and the wrestling in. And Vampiro took over the position of um, handling the talent. Oh, and a, and I think a lot of people misunderstand when they were saying. Um, well, I mean, a lot of people realize that Vampiro came in to handle talent in um, in AAA, but I think he's also handling it in, in Lucha Underground. Whatever role uh, Dorian had in 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 both promotions, he's kind of like moved up a little bit, where he's basically taking yes. on more of the business side of things, which he was already doing it, but he's probably taking more of a. Now, side, do you think more. that 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 shift? In Vampiro handling that role, do you think that either benefits AAA or put a buzzkill on it? I mean, or, yeah, I don't know because you, you know there's some you never know because there's a lot of um, there's you don't have to be a good wrestler to be a good booker or a good um, yep. talent evaluator. Absolutely. I mean, because sometimes it it sometimes it's somebody like somebody who likes to listen to other people, and that's the problem. Vampiro is very he's not somebody who who listens so it's not going to be as he's easy got yeah. ideas of, yes no, yes i think it's very yes, clear yes it's like so it's like i don't know i don't i don't think i think if he opens up and and realizes maybe he needs to have more of an idea of what and you know that's the other thing he wasn't a very good wrestler either so it's like he's not a lucha guy like necessarily right so it's like even like conan when you had him conan could tell who was talented who wasn't mm-hmm. but at the same time you had all these other people who would who would you know the roll down family who wanted some certain wrestlers to come in. 
So it's like you had different. So it's it's still going to be the same thing with Vampiro and the, yeah. And now it's just going to have one. It's not going to be much, one less one less person right. involved in the less, process, but not much change in the overall. Structure. Yeah, yeah, really. Gotcha. Yeah, but uh, um, I think this is like one of those things where I think it now we kind of understand why they put him into the Hall of Fame, Joaquin into the Hall of Fame. Yes, back in Triple Mania. that makes total sense. I'm I'm probably guessing that they must have like already known at that point that something was. He was feeling sick or th- was battling, battling whatever he was battling at that time. But it's like, it was really, I think that was very surprising. I mean, it it's not, well, you know, whenever anybody dies, it's a surprise. Well, especially when you have no real heads up about it. I mean, I'm sure there were, there was, you know, pause for introspection, like you say, when he was losing weight. You yeah. See he's less visible. But you don't really think of that in solid terms yeah yeah because you know they you could see them like when was this in ja- late january i don't think yeah. you spent like a month two months later thinking man this guy looks sick maybe he's hope, exactly hope he's okay and it in just, this day it, and age a lot more people are public about it too yeah they're sick you could lose weight just from having a cold or like feeling like having a stomach mm-hmm. problem and you're not eating properly it could be something minor it's like but it's like you're not thinking about it and yes you know, with fish man i mean We'll probably talk about it more on the Lucha Classica podcast, Absolutely. but um, that was a big name back in the 80s, late, mid-70s, all the way through the 80s, probably the early 90s. Really oh, he's huge. one of the first wave of wrestlers yeah. that, like I, when I say first wave, the first wave of current Mexican wrestlers when LaBelle started using a lot more of the UWA guys yeah. in 1981 and 82. Did you get to see him live? At, yes, at, I did. Um, against Perro? Uh, against Perro. Yeah. In fact, it was right when Perro, I believe, was had just done a heel turn in Mexico. And he came into L.A. as a, as a heel. Mm-hmm. And Fishman came in just like, I think, a week or two after him. And uh, if I remember right, Perro Aguayo beat Chris Adams and then is just, just mercilessly trashing him and... Fishman hits the ring, and I think the two of them must have been having fun because it was so... Uh, yeah, they were good friends. So. Yeah, exactly. They were very close. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think one was godparents to yeah. the other's kids. Fishman was the godfather of um, Perro's daughter. Oh, his daughter, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it was, it was was high drama. Like, Fishman, in a very melodramatic way, goes, Perro, why, what? Mi amigo. Like, and he's, yeah, he's yeah. like, what are you doing? And... And Aguayo just says something like, no, no somos amigos. We are not friends. Yeah. And uh, it was very silly, but it looked like they had a good time doing it. And it got over gangbusters. And so, yeah, I got to see them work against each other. What do you think of him as a wrestler? Um, Because, I mean, most people saw him in the 90s. And by that point, he wasn't that good. He he wasn't what he was in the 70s. Yeah, you know, the the best way I could put it is... uh, I liked him, but he definitely, he didn't definitely have the dynamic presence. No, I shouldn't say that. I think he was. His, his, his working style was almost like a Mexican Ole Anderson, where he loved to work body parts. And it looked like he didn't like to hustle a lot, where Aguayo looked like he liked to keep moving. I think there's certain guys like Fishman, Sangre Chicana, mm-hmm. guys like that, where I think we you would have to rewatch a lot of their stuff. From, yes, just because absolutely. A, a lot of times you're like looking at them. You, your 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 thought process towards lucha libre is you know fast paced, high flying. Yeah, and like you see these guys, and you realize that they're not the same 
as that because I was watching highlights of like their his um they were doing I was watching the that um that documentary um that where they that they aired on television in Mexico mm-hmm. where they aired like the mask and the hair matches of the, oh, yes, the greatest yes, hair mask I remember those. so they had like um clips of Fishman versus Cobarda and Sangre Chicana mm-hmm. and then they had clips of Faraón versus Sangre Chicana I don't even remember if I have that or like the full match, but yeah. it was like you just see the highlights of that. That's another guy who was really good for out on. Oh yes, um, just you just see those clips and stuff, and you're just amazed at how much, how good the stuff. Like even like Anibal, we were talking to Negro Casas about Anibal, mm-hmm. and I mean we saw Anibal and we weren't that impressed. And it's like, but if you watch them in this time period, it's like exactly. It's and like, also, and also with with this was yeah, my impressions as a nineteen year old. Yeah, and yeah. Having, and and most of the luchadors they brought in were really dynamic. Uh, and he loved working um, Los Angeles. Fishman. Did he really? He, he mentioned yeah. he loved working. Los yeah, and, and what I'm saying is not to say I didn't think he was good. It's just he had a more uh, methodical style than the average luchador. And I mean, well, the evidence. I mean, he was over. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, he was a star. I should mention this about Fishman liking Los Angeles because he mm-hmm. said he actually preferred it than to Japan. Really, actually wrestling the the LA mm-hmm. scene. But um, the, he's not the only person. Uh, we were talking about uh, how guys when they were work, luchadors that were working in Orlando, mm-hmm. how they kind of don't they didn't look like they were like during WrestleMania weekend. How they didn't really like seem to. They gave it their all, but yeah. it wasn't like as much as they see at, at indie shows in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Rob and I were talking about that, and. Um, I was telling well, you know, a lot of the luchadors when they come to LA or the Southern California area, they love working in front of the Latin crowd here because they think that those guys don't get to see those the fans here don't get to see the stuff that they're doing in Mexico. That's true. So they end up having like these crazy like they have they show better effort. And you know what? That held back then too because even though LaBelle was really on its last legs, there were these little brief Phoenix moments where they would show signs of brilliance yeah. uh, in their booking. You know, it was very sporadic, though. Ha- however, when names from Mexico, not just Mil Mascaris, uh, when names from Mexico came in, yeah, it boosted the attendance automatically. Yeah. yeah. And I think Fishman, I, if I was to, like, I would probably put him, I'd say he was pretty high up there as a as a star during the Absolutely. 80s. Absolutely. Like, oh, he... I don't think he was the Mil Mascaris level or... No, but he was Pero, up there. I mean, he although was, he was close to, he was pretty much uh, up there with Pero, Fishman, and, and this was, um, this was Green. during that era where UWA were drawing crowds that Mexico will probably never see yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people. Don't, did you ever see him in Tijuana? Fishman? I never got to see him in Tijuana because I know he was he was frequent frequently worked in Tijuana and um, Juarez, mm-hmm. and I actually saw him in Juarez when he was like a. What they would do in Juarez was, and I think they did this everywhere. That's why when you have guys, because a lot of fans try to figure out if the guy was a Rudo or technical. Yes. But what happened is like they would be a Rudo in certain parts of the of Mexico, and then they would be technicals in other parts of Mexico, or they would be Rudo technical depending on their well, opponents. And, and in lucha, that makes total sense because it is described as more of a style than uh, yeah, a yeah. persona issue. Yeah, so so like in in, in Tijuana, he was going to be a, a, a Rudo because he's feuding with Rey Mysterio yeah. Senior, so. But in Juarez, what would happen is like he's from Juarez, so he was like a, a, a star, a hometown hero coming back to work yes. his his you know his hometown. But it's like they would have like the local guys if they were if the hot local guy was like Cobarde mm-hmm. Junior, 
not the Cobarde Dos, not the original one. Yes. But the, the second one, his, the second his, one. I remember his, well. his younger brother. I can actually say I saw both. Yeah. What did you think of both of them? Well, Cobarde, you actually might have been on a show that he was on, right? Um, the original Cobarde. <laughs> not that one, but the other yeah. one. No, the other <laughs> You're one, not that old. I, no, I, unfortunately, <laughs> I would love to say I was on an undercard with him. Yeah. Oh, you know, I thought you did AAA with it. No? Um, he wasn't on there? No. He, he was in AAA before that. Oh, before, okay. Before, yeah, they, uh, the 93 era. Oh, okay. Uh, no, the original Cabarde I saw was really good. I mean, yeah. he seemed like, like a, I don't know how else to say it, but a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the original Cabarde. Cabarde uh, too. I really only got to see a few of his. See, movies. I saw a lot of him in Juarez. And yeah, he so was I'm not uh, good to judge. He was basically like a Sangre Chicana type in that territory, where yeah. he was like the rough housing type. Well, and one thing I was quite aware of when I saw him, it was after he had that really uh, career-altering back injury uh, in the early late '80s or early '90s. Cabarde too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was. But yeah, he was on the shelf for a while with a really bad back injury, and my impression was the luster was a bit off him. Yeah, and I think that happens with a lot of oh, guys yeah, when yeah. they when they like suffer serious. And I'd injury. never hold that against yeah. somebody in, in a profession that's harder as hard to earn a living in as wrestling. I'd yeah. never begrudge anybody for that. Yeah, so I, I got to see that, and usually he would be the. If he was feuding with Cobarde, he'd be the the heel, mm-hmm. the Rudo, and Cobarde would be the technical. Or they would switch back and forth depending on who was aligned with like the heel of that area. Right. You know, like when Adi Romero was the main heel there, Cobarde would switch over with him. And how how could yeah, you heel so, Adi Yeah, Romero? so it's like so like Fishman, yeah. and then depending on who the star was, like if they brought in Mel Mascaras. And Fishman was like on the opposite side. You'd have to he it's had to be on yeah. Who's got, who's or Conan, Conan being the the top technical you had to switch fishman to the rudo side because they can't they couldn't have like you know you could have them team up against like whoever else with the rudos but if it was like fishman versus conan then fishman had to be the rudo i gotta say now you saw more of juarez than i did yeah. at that time um and i and i actually saw a little bit of it as you know what yeah conan was able to get me tapes from juarez i yeah. didn't see a lot of it but what I did see, that was my favorite Conan era. Like yeah. He, I, I don't know if that was his first run as a heel, but I thought he was even more effective than later in his career. Plus he had the great physique at that time, he too. He did, so he did. It's, it, I, think, I, think that, I think it also helped that he was in there with like a lot of veterans. Well, and, really good. Eddie Guerrero. And the, the younger guys, and then Eddie the younger Guerrero. guys that were there also. And then they had the campy stuff with Fry Tormenta and, and Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. You know, it wouldn't work anywhere else. But in Lucha Libre and in Juarez, the priest being there, first of all, they had the priest teaming up with Eddie Guerrero yes. and being involved. They would interact the whole angles and Adi Romano being a devil, supposedly. Yes. Kind of being like the Kevin Sullivan of that era, of that territory. So it kind of like, it, and then Conan being like the hot young. Mm-hmm. Rudo. Yeah, you know, being the, the guy who wants to take over. Being the guy, and plus he got to work with Kanek and, and, and Mil Mascaras and guys like that. So he was already pretty much like a, I think within the first month he was already like a star in in, in that territory. So oh it's yeah, like, he, he shown fast. Yeah, so it's like it's like so. Th- I think that's that helped a lot with like with those guys. But then you know with um with Fishman getting back to Fishman, um, I I also dug the fact that his look was so. Um, first of all, the name how can you not Fishman? Oh yeah, you know. I think there's two th- ways of thinking it. When you're getting into into wrestling, you think it's a silly name. Mm-hmm. But then, if you're a lucha libre fan, and once you kind of start figuring out where the name, what the name 
you know, the character and stuff like that, you kind of start enjoying the character more. And the mask. The, oh, you the, love it. The mask made the difference, too, really. Absolutely. The, the two references I point to right away are, I think Kinect had like five different designs on it yeah. for his mask. And in one of the issues of Lucha Libre, they, uh, they tell the story of the different designs and how it's centered... Uh, around like uh, an Aztec or Aztec or Mayan, I can't remember. Mayan, a Mayan, Mayan slave. Yes, he's who, Principe Maya. Principe Maya. <laughs> uh, that's my brilliant moment for the yeah. week, folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the things I forget, I swear. But uh, it, it, it was supposed to the, the designs were supposed to tell the story of a Spartacus-like character who rose from slavery and started a rebellion. And then I remember the one time that, like, it was a Pat Ho at Fizzy, Steve Gerber and I met Atlantis for the first time. We interviewed him and asked him about his mask, and he told the whole story about how, uh, essentially, they were designs of photos he saw, or, or not photos, of artwork he saw that was supposed to be uh, the city of Atlantis, and, you know, the one on his forehead was supposed to be one of the anchors yeah. of a sunken ship. And I, I, I just love the stories behind... Yeah, because I think it ended up being two fishes. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it's always cool to hear some of the thoughts yeah. put into it. Well, you know, we, the weird thing about uh, Fishman when he passed away, um, we had just spoken to Mano Negra, who's pretty much another guy who came yes, from that era. Yes. I mean, he his I think his dad trained, um, was one of... Um, the, not. Was it, that's the thing like when, when they train when they train Russ Luchadors, mm-hmm. there's not just one person that trains them. There's like five or six. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. I think it's... And they'll mention everybody because they continually train. But it's like, he wasn't really... I think he was more of a trainer towards later in his career. Like, I think maybe two, three years in his career. Right. Whereas... Was it Marco Tulio? Marco Tulio yeah. and um, um, this... Ah, oh God. Manuel Aguilera, who mm-hmm. was... Um, and Marquez, his brother, were, yes. the, were the two tra- initial trainers. And there was a Bulldog Viegas that trained him. Yes. That was the guy who trained... He, that's the guy he said trained him the most. So then you have Rebelde, who is Mano Negra's um, mm-hmm. father, and then some other, someone else also helped um, help train him. But um, Mano Negra, we were just talking to him, and it's like he's from that time period, and it's yeah. like we were just we were just marveling at the fact that he got to wrestle Blue Demon, Karloff Lagarde. This is like another guy who got to wrestle Blue I Demon. Mean, generations, yeah, it's of like legends. yeah, like and then you know Fishman, unfortunately, and you know I think it's even more interesting with a guy like Negro Navarro who like. I think he did an interview. He was doing an interview. We'll talk about it in a bit. Mm-hmm. Where um, he's wrestled Santo, Blue Demon, uh, Carbonario Galindo. Wow. And now he's wrestling like Dragon Lee and guys like that. It's like... That's like amazing. mind-blowing that he's actually like... He's wrestling all these different eras. I mean, it's it's amazing. And, you know, you kind of wish they would get to wrestle more. Like, they would have this like more of a... Oh, well, Fishman got to team up with Hulk Hogan. I mean... That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. He couldn't remember Don Morocco's name. I was watching this interview. He's like, I believe our partner was, uh, uh, what did he call him? Rock Malenko. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, Rock Malenko? Who the fuck is that? I think that's a future gimmick. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that should be a gimmick. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. So those are the, those are the two passings. And I guess Dar- Dardo Aguilar, who you mentioned also, um, Yes, and yeah, I don't have much more to say other than that, other than I. Yeah, we'll have more on Fishman and yeah. the, the Lucha Classica. We'll, we'll talk about the Lucha Classica. Some of his matches and stuff detail, like that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we should probably talk about last Wednesday's um, The Crash Show. 
Oh yes, uh, which the, was their the debut in Mexico City. Injury. Yeah, um, well, the show, the show, it had an all star la- lineup, and mm-hmm. I think it only had like sixty percent um, filled. Wow. Which I mean, it was on a Wednesday, and you know everybody was trying to figure out what was the reason for it not drawing as well, and could be anything from the day ticket sales. Although I think there's AAA shows that happen during the week that yeah. draw well. I think it's just a matter of. Um, yeah, I think so, it's a, a yeah. new new promotion. People aren't aren't um, attached to it. You know what I mean? Because with AAA, I think with AAA, that's what's happened. A lot of their fans have become very loyal to them, and they're attached to them. And yeah, they make it, it takes it takes time for something to catch fire. Yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, from what I've heard, a lot of the matches were really good. Like mm-hmm. that's what you're going to get with the crash when they when they flew they flew in like a bunch of people for their show. Like night, like I think half of the sh- the group was like from the U.S. or Japan or traveling wow. from somewhere else. Um, they actually had a, f- a couple of people debut. Um, Demos three sixteen is gone from um, CMLL. Mm-hmm. He's joined the Crash. Yes, which is a blow to. I don't know if it. I don't. It's kind of funny because it really depends on how you think of the CML Minis division. Right. Either you really think it's trash right now, and it doesn't really matter that Demos three sixteen left, <laughs> or you think it's a blow to them. But really, I think it's more helpful for Demos 316s to work with Mascarita Dorada on indie shows. Oh yeah, more than being on uh, CML shows. I think that's that's the gamble. You go where the living is. Yeah, the only gamble you take when you leave CMLL is, or do you leave on good terms? Yeah, and you don't come back. Movie. Although I don't think I think the way he left, maybe he won't come back. But it's like because didn't did he hold some of the straps? No, he held straps from um, independent promotions. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, he gotcha. didn't hold. But I mean, it's weird because he did a he did a. An appearance, I think it might have been the week prior, mm-hmm. he was on that CML Informa show. And <laughs> it's like, suddenly oh, he's geez. like, but I'm guessing he must, he might have told him earlier. Because, I mean, you would think he would have been the guy who would have won a title or something. Yeah, that would be my first thing if I was a CML wrestler, if I was going to leave. Okay, how do I go about this? Because you do it the wrong way, you might never come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you need that option. Because, I mean, that's basically two, three bookings a, a week from, mm-hmm. from them. But it's like... I think he's he's I think he realizes he's gonna get make more money as a, as um, Mascarita Dorada's traveling partner outside of Mexico. Oh, and those two city. working together. So it's like yeah, so it's those like those guys are magic. So together. it's natural. Um, and the other guy who left AAA, uh, they had a we have another AAA departure. Aha, hijo de pirata Morgan. But I don't think anybody realized he was still in AAA. So it's like, <laughs> I I would you could have fooled. Me. Yeah, because this is the second time he leaves. Yeah, he left in October. I think uh, I think it was October or. It might have been September, October, somewhere around that time, and then I think he came back in October. He left during the, the around that time, and then he came back in October, the revolving or November, or something. Are, yeah, are then he, he left again. But it's like this is a guy. It's weird because Hijo de Pirata Morgan is really good. Mm-hmm. I think you might have seen him. A few I've times. seen him. Yes, yes. Not in AAA, but probably in independent. Mm-hmm. I think you saw him on, on a, an IWRJ show. Yes, I did you? several because he had a good match. He's had good matches there. Um, but it's like you would think. He would be somebody that would get pushed, and he's really just like maybe he's, maybe he's just, maybe he's got other things going on. In you his never know. There. I mean, it, yeah, it could, it could be they're just they're just ignorant and not pushing him, or it could be there's yeah. attitude problem. You never know. Yeah, it's just it's. But he's gone from there, and he's now joined um, the crash. But the big story from the crash was um. Well, actually, the other story was um. <laughs> the mm-hmm. impact relationship with the crash continues. Despite Impact having a relationship with AAA, <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's really, really weird. Yeah, it's really weird. 
um, they had people from um, Impact at that show. Uh, but the big story was um, DJ Z was working, a, I think it was a, a multi-person match. Um, oh, it was a number one contender's um, it was a number one contender for the Crash mm-hmm. Cruiserweight title. Um, uh, DJ Z was in there with Ray Horace, Loretto Kid, Mister Four Fifty, Septimo Dragon, Ultimo Ninja, all very talented guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and DJ Z took a four fifty splash. I think I can't remember who it was from, uh, but he took the four fifty splash and suffered a fractured. His colon got fractured. Ah. I don't know if it's fractured or ruptured, but I'm going with what Gringo Loco said. And he said it was fractured. fractured. Yeah, so I don't know if there's a difference. Maybe it's the same thing. Really. I was gonna say I almost wonder if that's a funky translation. I I, I pictured. Well, Gringo Loco's American, so he said maybe they told. Oh, maybe, maybe they told them. Hmm. Yeah. Fractured colon. <laughs> that's a, that's an odd. You, you ever have a? <laughs> I hope not. I, I didn't even want to complete the joke. I think I yeah. I think I'd much rather have a fractured wrist than a fractured. All I know is I didn't want to. I I don't think I don't think anybody's joked about it or anything just because it's insult to injury. I think I think more people made a a a, a comment about the Joaquin Roldan passing. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, this was horrible. So Joaquin Roldan passed away. What's the first thing? What's the first rule we learned from Landstorm when Landstorm made that salute? Uh, pick what, your... Don't if you don't like somebody, don't. Don't write about it on social media, right? Right. That's the. Just listen. Just go look at Lance Storm's history online, and you'll find that. And you if shouldn't. you're gonna write something because uh, you feel an obligation to give them a nod of some sort, think your words out carefully. Yes. So, Octagon, <laughs> the oh, the always wonderful Octagon, <laughs> decided to tweet out that he um, that. Some people maybe deserve to die or something like what? that. <laughs> it was some weird thing. And then he wrote. And then he wrote. And then he wrote. He wasn't my friend, anyways. I never really, I never really got along with the guy. Oh and my I'm like, dude, God, that makes Lance Storm stuff look minute. Yes. Oh. What do you expect from a guy who was such an asshole over the past? Couple no, that's years? true. Like, that's true. I mean, if anybody, and you know, it's weird because Conan had issues with the Roll Down family and AAA, and he was actually very professional and, and wished. Um, yeah. Send his condolences there's to the family. Of people, there's scores of people I don't care for, but I. Yeah, you're not. I don't know. want them dead, and I don't even want them sick or hurt. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're not. You're just, and you know, if something happens to them. My condolences to yeah, them. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like it's not something that you're gonna. It's not. You don't say anything that you know. Oh, like well, in and in such an industry, probably in any entertainment or sports industry that's ego driven, there's going to be a lot of rivalries that. A rivalry is kind of different than having an enemy. Yeah. A rival, you can be really mad at. You You probably shit-talk them. Uh, and I'm sure there's enemies, too. But I I, I, th- I think the majority would rather just see their rivals not flourish as opposed to die or be hurt. Yeah, yeah. So while this was... <laughs> we're getting back to... Oh, poor DJ Z. Yeah. Has to, we have to talk about him <laughs> during the, the as this is going yeah. on. So he suffered a fractured colon, which fortunately, um, he came out of the surgery fine. Mm-hmm. He came out okay. I think he's missing just a couple... Of, I think he's missing shows. Like, he's in Mexico. I, yeah, I hope with the, some he, of you are calling. He, 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 he was he actually going to try to, like, wrestle. Oh. I think... Because so, he, he posted a tweet and then took it down. And then I think he wrote, you know, I think I'm going to take some time off. Because oh, he started walking the next day, which tells me that, I mean, at least he's yeah. kind of feeling better. But he this shouldn't wait because this, that, this, this has been a 
some he's been he's had a couple of injuries like he broke his wrist a couple of like i think late last year or early this year so it's like he's been through a couple of injuries and stuff like that but it's like he's got to take his time off of this oh, one definitely this is, that no it would be unwise yeah. to jump back too early yeah you could, you could compromise your whole career if you yeah and that's what he was worried about he was mm-hmm. he, he mentioned that he was worried about losing his career because of this and it's like and I thought, man, you know, I was just glad he was okay. It's like, oh, I, yeah, I know. I yeah. understand the bravado because wrestling, yeah. like a lot of sports, is the no pain, no gain, and be a man, suck it up. But that's not it. That's not an issue of is he tough enough? Is is he wise enough? Yeah, if the doctor tells you you can't do it, just listen to your yeah, doctor. Let it heal don't, don't. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, so he's in Mexico. That's I think that's the reason he probably thought he's in Mexico. Mm-hmm. He wants to enjoy his time there. But I mean, this happened. You know, you yep. gotta you gotta take care Absolutely. of yourself. Um, I think that was really all oh, the the other news from the show is that Octagon has um his promotion the Legado Dra- Dragon mm-hmm. has formed an alliance with the Crash, so everybody started asking um who's in Legado Dragon and really it's just Octagon Hijo de Octagon and Dragon Dorado, who another young guy that he's mm, like what a stellar roster so and there's a it, yeah. he has a roster but it's like it's the same guys you could probably get without him you know. Exactly. In Toki, well, in Toki. It sounds like he. I mean, in Toki, in Tokable. I don't think. I don't think Conan is really looking forward to bringing in in Tokable to the crash. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I would love to see the expression on his face. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he probably thinking, man, I got rid of this guy in AAA. Now I, I think back I, 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 Conan is one of those guys. Uh, Dave Meltzer's another. Where I would love to have a live webcam of them just watching wrestling or reading news yes. here and just the reaction on their faces because the two of them would have the funniest reaction i was listening to um dave talk about the the most recent new japan show mm-hmm. and uh brian switched over to something else right away and dave is like dave is like uh um, i think you forgot to talk about this one match and he's like he's like and brian's like oh, okay well, i'll get to that right now let me just get to this point uh-huh. and but you could hear from dave's voice that he just had to get to that match because he was going out of order yeah. and i'm just thinking yeah. my god dude it's like it's like we go out of order <laughs> like we just went back to walking that's the way we are. Walking rolled on as we're, we were talking we're, about the well see that i think that's the difference is dave is very organized yeah um uh, where I think guys like you and I are stream of consciousness. We'll start on one subject, it'll drift into others, and then return. Well, even like the Lucha Talk show, when when we mm-hmm. they'll, they'll want me to do the, the each match by match thing, which I mean I'm fine with doing it. Mm-hmm. I could do that, but I know you're not one of those people who's going to want to listen to like talk me talk about like a minis match or something like that. You know, you just want the the good stuff. And not a lot of people, I, yeah. I think. And I, I I mean yeah, that's. But it's like it's it's funny to me because. Um, Sometimes I'll like be thinking, oh, I forgot to say this one thing about that one match. But once we've gotten past it, I make sure not to bring it up because it's like, it's like it was, I have to think about it. Is it worth talking about at this point, or should I just like forget about it and talk about it some other time? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, when I listen to whatever wrestling podcast, yeah. when they start, if somebody starts going down every match, I usually fast forward through a lot of that, unless somebody was were to go over the say the second match, like good match yeah and then they tell you like me and then maybe there's something that, that that was very like you didn't get to see that was but the ones form. where everybody goes over every little high spot and stuff like that yeah we don't go over every hospital <laughs> usually what happens is like they'll 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 start talking about something and then i'll remember about like maybe the one of the girls fell mm-hmm. yeah it's always the women's match for some reason it's always the women's match that is my downfall on that podcast uh-huh because for some reason it's like the one match where I have to talk about how horrible the match is. Right. And then it ends up being like, and it's CMLL really, because I don't really watch as much AAA. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
I always have to go back. And it's like, I think it kind of like, I don't think, it doesn't bother them, but it's like, it's just, I have to bring up how bad the match was again. It's like, or it's something that, that they yeah. did, like somebody running the ropes incorrectly. Um, we should get to CMLL. Yes. Uh, how excited are you about the big showdown, April 30th, mas- mascots match? Oh my God, no way. Zachariah Setperico, who yes. we just met. We just met. Teaming up with Mije mm-hmm. versus El Gallito, who's a Guadalajara mini mm-hmm. mascot. And the little rooster, is that? Yeah, and the debuting Microman. No way. Yes. Microman? Special referee, El Guapito. Holy. From Triple A fame. Remember him from Triple yes. A? Yeah. yeah. Oh my lord. And I don't think you even realize Microman, guess who his father is? Uh, Mega Man. No. <laughs> Microman's father is Kemonito. No. Yes. Bitchin'. He is like, Bitchin'. he is the size of Kemonito. Oh my lord. He's 19 years old. Will this be on live? I don't know. It's on a Sunday and everybody's <laughs> upset that CML isn't going to put this stuff. You know, it's weird. CML put up that one. That's why I said that one show. But they're, this next Sunday, they're having Dragon Lee versus Carvernario on a yes. Sunday show. Which I'd like to see in this And it's not yes. going to be on, oh probably. Lord. We don't know. I know Cubs fan is going to bo- bother them the entire week, and I think I'm probably going to join them on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, I want to say, okay, I'm going to go to the old carnival barking days of, er- of wrestling in the early TV days where uh, you say to the fans, and we're saying this to all the Lucha fans, send your cards and letters to the promoter and see, tell them that you want to see the Battle of the Minis. Yeah, and so um, they actually had the angle happen. They, they had them. They had them. On, they had them on the CML Informer show, mm-hmm. and so remember the that was the 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 Wednesday after we went to go see um, Zacharias and Pesta Negra in um, Oxnard. Absolutely in Oxnard. So a fun time. So they have them all come out. They had them sit on the stools. You've seen Informer, <sighs> yes, right? Yes, it's I stools. Have, I have, <laughs> Instead yeah. of bringing chairs oh or so a sofa for them to sit on, they had them sit on stools. So as they all get up. Mije's fine because he's tall enough. Guapito's mm-hmm. fine because he's tall enough. But then Zacharias goes up. He's okay. He's I think he's pretty athletic and can get up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallito was able to do it too. Uh, Microman <laughs> shows up. And you see like... You, they have the the Julio Cesar Rivera. They're showing him. And then they zoom in. And you briefly see um, Gallito lifting up uh, Microman up oh, to the stool. Awesome. So then... Um, <laughs> so then as that's going on... We finally hear Zacharias at Perico's voice on, no on the CMLL show, and I, I think that's I think that's one of the reasons we weren't able to get an interview with him. He doesn't seem like a very uh, inter. He's not a talkative type. Yeah, seems to himself. So he's so they start talking to him. He's got a very deep voice. Does he really? Yes, yes. He sounds like Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was awesome. So then, um, oh, mini Barry White. That's yes, yes. So. Um, so so then they end the, they end their segment and they're all arguing. Mihai just wants to like get get in a fight with the the technicals. Mm-hmm. So as they're talking, as they're trying to end the show, Zacharias charges and spears Microman, <laughs> Microman. Oh my god! So then, um, so then um, Mihai jumps Gallito and they start brawling. And then Guapito just tries to split break them all apart and everything. And you have Julio Cesar Rivera just standing there trying to this end the show. Is... Okay, so. For all you people who weathered the storm of an apuestas match 
between Diamante Azul and Rush, this is your reward. This is the payoff. Yeah. You, you weathered that. You, you, you stick with it. And now we have something brilliant. I think I think we need to like do a, a fans want to see Dragon Lee versus Carbonario and yeah. the CML mascots tag match. Yeah, so we're not joking. Do whatever you have to do to contact CMLL. Tell them you do it on Twitter, Facebook, yes. everywhere, or, Instagram, or send your cards and letters. Or you could email Rosalio Vera. That's true too. Yes, you could email Rosalio Vera, <laughs> or that clean the the whatever that remember that email they used for one of their uh, pay per views. <laughs> I don't remember there. that. Yeah, I think it was I think it was Rosalio Vera, um, the the photographer. Does Clara Sports? Uh, I haven't noticed. Do they have an email? Do they have that little feed still where you can put your comments when you're watching the match? I don't know. I don't know. That's on YouTube. That's on the YouTube. Because that would be great to just do nothing throughout the whole show. We want. We We want. want, Yes. We want. And just just have everything written down for you properly. We want Dragon League Carbonario. We want. Give us the, 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 the. Give us the 2001 match and That's or just right. keep on like, <laughs> spread give it us like everything. a virus, yes. folks. Spread it uh, like a virus. Yeah, the other big news from that, from CML's, um, the Guerreros apparently are broken up. But here's another thing. They, mm-hmm. They've been on um, Niebla Roja has been having issues with Gran Guerrero and Euphoria. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had issues with Ultimo Guerrero. But um, this past Wednesday... The they the previous Wednesday they had um, Niebla Roja talking about that and he continued to have matches teaming up with Gran Guerrero and they still had issues. So this past Wednesday they had Ultimo Guerrero, Euphoria, and Gran Guerrero on Informa, mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out if they should keep um, Niebla, Niebla Roja. And Gran Guerrero and Euphoria didn't want to keep them. Mm-hmm. Ultimo Guerrero was undecided, but Ultimo Guerrero decided. You know the fans are the ones that made the Guerreros Laguneros. So it, he felt that he should ask the fans and have a vote. So he asked the fans in studio if they should get rid of Niebla Roja. And, you know, he got a mixed emotions. And there was this little girl sleeping in the first row. Uh-huh. So he went over and asked the sleeping little girl if she thought uh, Niebla Roja should get kicked out. Uh-huh. And he, he claims that she spoke to him telepathically. <laughs> and, that, and that Niebla Roja was gone and that he wanted, it, he wanted the mask back too. Because the mask was... Um, basically a design from Ultimo Guerrero's mask, like a kind of like a, a a variation of Ultimo Guerrero's mask, and he wanted that mask okay, back. Okay, if that, if that one site is even half as good as it sounds, the way you describe yes. it. Yes. If there was a, a, an annual award for best moment in Lucha. I'm telling you, Ultimo, that show, like if that show was cut down to like one hour, Mm-hmm. Or forty five minutes, and they may or they added some of the matches and turned it into like a, a one hour, two hour show where it was mixed in with matches. I think that thing would like be the most popular show. That they- I, I have to say, you know, I mean, we we always talk about CMLL, you know, and their drawbacks, which there are many. And I guess just from a fan's point of view, it's frustrating because I think they have the capability to be one of the best wrestling companies. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, they could. They. It's almost like they don't want to be. It's weird because whatever they're making, like even if you take out the whole excuse of people wrestling isn't as popular and it doesn't mm-hmm. draw certain days, CML is going to draw well, like the Tuesday. But I mean, they have good matches. It should be they should be able to put together something where they could actually make money off of it and put it on YouTube or make put it on. Absolutely. They know how to do it. They know how to do it. So it's like, why aren't they doing this? Yeah, it's almost like they just lack the, the yes. motivation. That's what it seems like. Like uh, it, it's like, oh, there's it's too much. Work. Maybe do a monthly thing, like the yeah. best of the month. 
two hour thing put I'm some other there must clip. be somebody with great organizational skills who could put something together and a good artistic vision who could it's on their own YouTube channel I mean yes, it's like, yes. you can't have somebody from your own company like go through your YouTube Absolutely. channel and figure out what was good Absolutely. I'm sure there's people there who, are, who would be enthused and gung-ho to try to make something great of it I mean a one hour show if you just edit it out in format yes. would be perfect with yes. some matches and stuff like that yeah so that was the other thing that happened um the other news in CML, and this was like Black Terry and Nero Navarro, as you know, are the are, mm-hmm. well. Depending on when you listen to the show, they are either the Arena Coliseo Tag Team Champions or the former Arena Coliseo Tag Team Champions because they're going to have a, a title match on Tuesday, this Tuesday, um, against Blue Panther and Blue Panther uh, Blue Panther Senior and mm-hmm. the Panther, which is going to be like I think this is going to be a really good oh, match. Oh God, yeah. Uh, so they had their debut in Arena, Me- well, not their debut, their return in Arena Mexico this past Tuesday. And uh, the match, I haven't watched it, but the post-match, they had an interview. They have post-match interviews with the media mm-hmm. backstage. And backstage, Black Terry Nero Navarro, guess who would, who confronted them? Was it Rush? Yes, Los Ingobernables. And they were totally, like, being assholes towards them. And, like, Black Terry Nero Navarro were all, like, just, you know, we don't, you guys come to our, to our, to our um, arena and we'll show you what it's like. So this was setting up a. So this at the time seemed to be setting up something between Negro Navarro, Black Terry versus El Single Bernables. But what it ended up setting up was Black Terry versus Rush on the April twenty eighth Lucha Meme show. Another promotion that. Mm-hmm. But at least, if I, for those of you who haven't heard on um, Mark Cole's Winter Palace podcast episode where he interviewed um, the Lucha Memes promoter mm-hmm. Danny Ledesma, he mentioned why. He hasn't been able to put a lot of the stuff online because uh, on, on VOD, it's because he's um, he's getting married. Oh, so congratulations. He's, he's not he's not able to do all that stuff. And he's also like schedule and all that stuff. Well, you know, just getting married is like a, that's, that's a pretty difficult. Getting married and, being married and moving. He's work. moving to um, I think he's moving to God. I, he's moving some some other place. I can't remember where it's at, but um, I'm trying to think where he's moving. Nicaragua or Panama or something? Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't remember. Costa Rica? I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, it's some other place. It's not Mexico. (laughs) It's not Mexico. Um, I know I wrote it down, but um, he he basically said that was a problem. And well, he's, but he still plans on promoting. He's just going to come, which, you know, sounds, his idea sounded great. But I don't know if it's going to like work. When it, like, Especially when you're going through such a major life change. Yeah, you're, you're moving to a, a, another country. It's yes. like it's it's going to be another issue. So I think it might be Panama that he's moving. All I know is I th- I remember the, the 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 place he mentioned was a place where there might yeah. be wrestling. So while, while, while I don't know details, I heard that there's wrestling in Panama because we I talked heard to Narcos. Popular in Panama. Over well, the years. we talked to Narcos about wrestling yeah. um, Ray Myster- um, with Ray Mysterio in mm-hmm. Panama. So. Um, what was I saying? Um, so that they, they set that up, but uh, it was funny because uh, Rush was doing a smart act, mm-hmm. Alice, As smart, smart ass looking look towards um, Black Terry. Mm-hmm. So it became this meme online uh, where it was like, "This is w- how you want your girlfriend to look at look at you," you know, like because ah! he was giving him this weird look. But it was funny because right. at one point, Piroth tells um, Piroth gave him the the catchphrase of, um, you know. Oh no, La Mascara told him, mm-hmm. you know what we do is we raise the dead and that gave Black Terry Black Terry just started laughing. He's like, Oh, so now you're gonna you're gonna uh, revive us. I get it. Yeah, sure. It's like Oh that's but I, it's like it's very it's it, it looks like it's gonna be a good matchup. Um And that's a great that that it's 
an age-old but effective storyline, yeah. the cocky rookies disrespecting their elders. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's something. And, you know, it's weird because when, when it was happening, it's like, yeah, it's not going to happen in CML. It'll probably happen somewhere else, and it's happening in the that's other promotion. Cool. Which is fine for them, but it's like kind of yeah. sucks because you would have liked to have seen it on a boring CML. Yeah. Show, you know? <laughs> they have so many shows to fill up. Well, the huh? bright point of this day and age is somebody has a camera at any arena, whether it's... Well, from... this one is a little harder because they kind of like... They're a little harder to get stuff in, although it's it's not culpa, and I think it, mm-hmm. it's more likely that it might happen. Cool. Um, did you watch this past Friday's Ray de Laide tournament? I uh, saw, yeah, the main event. You did, yeah. The main event, I don't really care about the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, in fact, I think I saw the match before and was, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was Atlantis and Ultima Girl in a trios match. Yeah. Because they were challenged, throw challenges. Yeah, for it the wasn't as, as I recall, it wasn't bad, but nothing memorable. Yeah, either. yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I I dig the Eris match. Uh, what you think of the final? I mean, uh, Angel de Oro. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't have been my first choice. I know. <laughs> I, know. Well, I was looking. I was thinking the first two technicals that got eliminated: Titan and Dragon Lee. I and weren't they the most exciting ones in the entire match? Them and Folador Jr. Yes, really. in fact, I, I, that was my. Biggest question at the end of it is why, why they Angel made them so early and why Angel and why Angel I I don't and the crowd died at the end like they weren't yeah really yeah that. I mean the only thing I'll say for it is it's a good match it was a good it match. was a good match and it's not a big deal that he went over and in fact one thing I will say is uh the reason I never get excited about things like the Royal Rumble is you always know it's going to be one of maybe three people yeah you know. And with this, it's it could be anybody. Really. It could be anybody except, and I, except Lucy Ferno. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see how Lucy Ferno was supposed to be eliminated by Valiente? Yes. And then, like, I think Valiente like got up before the three count. Yes. I think he might have heard the wrong count, and then so the, that. And, and I thought that I'm like I, I thought that they screwed up. And I did. I, I did pause because I thought I did. I, I was wondering if I miswatched it. Yeah, and I, I thought I something. thought maybe maybe I maybe he maybe he did count too, and that was it. And but I saw Tirantes was like confused, and then Volador Junior came in, and the first person he eliminated was Lucy Ferno. And, and for Tirantes to look confused, yeah, yeah, season pro, yeah. Well, he's always looking confused. <laughs> yeah, but, gen- but genuinely confused. Yeah, though. but you know, it was weird because I, I was expecting when when it was Volador Junior, Euphoria, and um, Angel de Oro as the last three. And you know what's even worse was before those three like, were the last three, mm-hmm. they had the perfect final three with um, Volador Junior, Caristico, and uh, Mystico. Yeah. I thought that would have been great because that would have just kept, oh that would look because there's there's a little bit of uh, a tension between Mystico and mm-hmm. Volador Jr. and then Caristico kind of wanting to be in that mix right there. Yes. So I thought that although I I thought Caristico didn't look as good in that. I thought he was a baller. Yeah. He kind of seemed like he he wasn't as impressive he, as Dragon. He didn't Lewis. stand out. It you know. I mean, I think we all. He wasn't bad. I just didn't. He think wasn't he was bad, bad, but yeah. Well. One and one also, you're in there with a bunch of people who are stealing each other's show, not yeah. intentionally. But I gotta, I gotta say, you know, I'm not a guy who likes spot fests, but I love this particular match. You know, whenever they do it, because it's almost like a fireworks show. Yeah, and just the fact that it's a, it's essentially like a micromanaged battle royal, but they kept it so tight. I mean. It's the type of thing where I, you could picture a lot of people doing it in just multiple botched spots, right? Yeah, to yeah. Where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
and just that they pull it off as smoothly as they do. I I, I enjoy watching. Yeah, and it, it had so many cool dives and spots yes, and stuff like that. So yes. I think I think the only thing was I didn't like the finish. That's it, really it. And, and I do, but I do like that the finish was something unexpected. I was hoping somebody like Echicero would win. Yeah, that would have been going. great. I, and Angel de Oro had just won a title like the, that's the, true. the previous yeah, that's week. So it's point. like, I was like, eh, Angel de Oro. And, you know, I heard he's something. Not, he's not bad, but he doesn't do anything. Yeah, he, I mean, when you see him do, like, he, as a high flyer, he's not the level of, like, he doesn't have the intensity yeah. that, that Dragon Lee has. And he doesn't have the creative, he doesn't have the spectacular high flying of Volador Jr. Mm-hmm. or Titan. So it's like, eh, you know, I was like, eh, but it's okay. I wasn't. Yeah, or even Mystico. I think Mystico is a, a, a far more better high flyer. He's not. A, he's not as. He's not as. I think I would. If you told me to pick a guy who's a better in the ring, I think Angelo might be better than Mystico as a wrestler in the ring. Like, and that's not even like you could probably even make a toss up because it's not that great. I don't think and, either and, guy. And, I don't think either guy is really going to be like. And I assume you're talking like technically because technically, yeah, Angelo might be better technically, but. Mystico's fa- I, yeah, Mystico's more spectacular. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I think that, to be honest, means more, more yeah. than actually being technically proficient. It's like and I, I don't even know. That's why I think it was a more of a it's like, it's like I said a hundred <laughs> times like, before. If, if somebody could get over with a crowd and draw money by putting a headlock on somebody, it's not something I'd want to see for a half hour, but if they can do it and they can... Yeah, once in a while, people, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. You know... You, you know, I love great technical work, but it's more important to get over and yeah. as long as you're not clumsily hurting your opponent. I just, uh, I just thought that they could have gone. I think I would have gone with Mystico. If I really, think so too. I think I think. And talk about a guy considering they're trying to make him like the the star of the promotion, and so. it wasn't easy too because yeah. he wasn't an easy sell. I, I, I mean, when he got the Mystico gimmick, the first thing I did is I felt bad for him because you're trying to measure up to this yeah. this guy who split in the promotion. Now he comes back. Plus, Mystico, um, uh, you know, he had that bad injury. Yeah. And I think that guy's worked hard for his career. Yeah, and he, now he's pretty decent where yeah, he's not, he's yeah. not the, like, the worst. You don't think he's the worst wrestler in the world. Exactly. And back then, it's not... Not that I thought he was the worst. Yeah, he, just was, not... he, wasn't, yeah, he wasn't the worst, but he was kind of put in a role that he probably wasn't ready yeah. for. And it wasn't totally his forte, his And I think style. He's, he's improved, like, not just in the ring, but also when he does interviews, he's so much better. Really, really. I think he's, he's still a crazy fast talker. Uh-huh. But he's, like, far more, like... Um, Coherent? He's amusing. Like, he's funny. Like, gotcha. he's a little more, like... He's, he's more of an... Like, he can be, like... He's kind of like Rush. Kind of like Rush. Gotcha. Or, and Dragon Lee, they have that personality where they're, like, sarcastic. They like to pick on people, like, in a, in a joking I way. I gotcha, I gotcha. They're joke. Yeah. They're pranksters and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's, like, I think that was something that was... I thought the match was okay. Um, I know you don't watch Triple A. Nubs and you know it's funny they they actually took down their um I was telling you about I think I told you on the on the phone about them um losing their rated Reyes part two was um yes. was pulled from YouTube they're trying to get it back on on there but um that show part two of Ray the Reyes I definitely recommend people watch it oh okay Aerostar versus Superfly is a Superfly is a great brawl uh blood tons of blood really great match oh very cool the three way between Mundo um. Tejano Jr. and Hijo Fantasma is really good also. I thought both matches were great. The women's match was okay also. Mm-hmm. It wasn't horrible, but it, you know, I think it was worked more of a slower because uh, they, they, they had Taya beat up more, beat up on Ayako a little more than... Okay. Because she was the one that was going to drop it. Yeah. But, you know, if you don't want to watch that, you just watch the, mm-hmm. the other two matches. Those were really good. 
Um, really just, I think the, I think the Aerostar Superfly match is pretty much like LA Park's matches where it's a great match and then it has a stupid finish. Right. But a lot of people who saw it live said that the, the way it happened live was so, it got a lot, a great reaction. But it's like, when you're watching it on TV, it's like, ugh. And plus, I don't like Vampiro, so it's like, I don't really, yeah, exactly. I don't really need to see him. Yeah, I Speaking of LA Park, I must say, I, yeah. I took your word and I, um, uh, I watched the, uh, L.A. Park versus... Rush. Yeah, and why was I blanking? Because I knew who I was talking about. I couldn't think of the name Rush, even though I just said his name. Yeah, yeah, because we were just talking about him. I'm getting old is what it is. But no, uh, I saw that match. I highly recommend that. That was... What I liked, it was a really good old-fashioned brawl. Like, would get over, I think, an American audience, even. And And that's what... um, If you watch Aerostar Superfly... Just with two guys who are fi- more known for high flying, and also um, Superfly is selling an arm injury. Yes, early on. he claims to be injured. I love that. So he's, he keeps working that injury as the match progresses. He stops because he realizes everybody realizes he's, he's being a he's being a heel. Yeah, but it's like it's pretty much it's very similar. I thought it was. I think it's up there at the level of those matches of the rush. Great. I, I thought you succinctly put it when you. I can't remember if you told said this on a podcast or if you just told this to me that the LA Park. Rush Brawl is something you could take on the road, kind of like Abdullah and Bruce yeah, Brody. Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree with it. What I love, it was a wild brawl, and there were share shots, but it wasn't ECW style. Well, even they if you, unprotected, even if you watch the the Sangre Chicana MS Uno or mm-hmm. Sangre Chicana Faraon matches from the eighties, mm-hmm. it's very similar to that, except they didn't get the bottle. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. Oh, in fact, that but they were pulling apart chairs and stuff. So oh, totally. Like, and that first. Uh, Sangre Chicana versus MSA Uno match. I I still go on saying that's my favorite Apoestas match yeah. ever. I, I love that match, and I'm usually the type of guy who loves more of a a, a technical Apoestas yeah. match. So I was gonna make this a, a part a bonus for the for the podcast, but I figured we might as well just talk about it, so okay. we don't have to waste all this time. The our trips to Los Angeles and Oxnard. Uh, we, we actually got to talk to a lot of luchadors. Um, Negro Costa. Well, we should start first with Los Angeles. I kind of wish we could have gone to the see the Navarro match. I but, wish we could have too. But it's like too many shows within a Way short period of time. We're gonna go broke, and I was doing my tax. <laughs> I was doing my taxes on Sunday too. So I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if we go to more shows, you you better start writing off those tickets. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like it's like I think the there's. I'm kind of wondering what that prices are gonna be for that show for um, eight, um the what's. The UIPW show with Volador Jr. Oh, yes. that, like in May 7th. Although we're, I don't think we're going to be here that week, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's weird. I think I think this is like the I think uh, out of the six years that he's had that show, actually went might have gone to the first one because mm-hmm. that wasn't an anniversary, obviously. Yeah. But um, the other five, I think we might maybe gone to one or two because they're always like during a period where we're like we're busy. We're busy. We did go to that yeah. one show with um, Mima Shimoda and Volador Jr. We're at so that was the yes. last year. But um, yeah, we went to the Promociones Cholo de Tijuana show and um, his first show in Los Angeles. I actually contacted Cholo before going there just to be like courteous and like let him know that we were going to be there for interviews. And then I realized, why bother asking a promoter (laughs) that we're going to interview the wrestlers when you can just ask the wrestlers who are there before the promoter? So it's like, I was like, "Eh." anyways... um, we tried to. I tried to interview him. He pretty much kind of like he flaked on us a few times. Yeah. So 
kind of decided just and it was getting That's cold. Right. We kept saying momentito. Yeah, we kind of got tired. <laughs> uh, we actually showed up and we saw Matemático and Mano Negra, which was very cool. And um, actually, Doctor Cerebro walked right as we were walking in. He walked out, and you know, when a guy's wearing a Doctor Cerebro mask and he's wearing like a t-shirt, I think he's wearing a t-shirt mm-hmm. and trunks. And wrestling boots, you kind of figure it's Doctor Cerebro, not, <laughs> not just not just some crazy fan pretending. Not just some crazy fan. I was going to say there's a fan walking around dressed like Doctor Cerebro, completely trunks, boots, and all that. Yeah, That's a crazy, crazy wrestling fan. And it's weird because he's wearing his mask and he's already unmasked. And, I, and when he when he said goodbye to us, he already knew that we knew he was who he was. Yeah, exactly. Mask. Yeah. So it's like um, really nice guy. Yeah, really nice guy. Um, I like how that. I haven't posted that interview, but it basically ends with um, with me telling him that uh, how to contact him, how to reach him online, mm-hmm. and he he didn't really want to give me his Facebook, and I, so I'm like, well, you know, how about they contact me? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I'll give you my number. Like, oh yeah, sure, I'll, you give me my your number and I'll give it to them. <laughs> but it's like it was he was really cool. He, he was talking about all the stuff like Etchy said on working all those guys, mm-hmm. um, matematico, the matematico that was listed for that show wasn't the Matico. That was so strange. That was weird. Even though it was just a portrait photo, it was obviously a younger wrestler who yes. was on the Yeah, and it wasn't even the Matico that from, like, a younger picture of him. It wasn't even that. No, it wasn't that. It was a different person. It's yeah. like they put a mask on a wrestler says, here, pretend to be Matematico for a minute so we can take a publicity. And that's why I thought it was Dr. Yeah. Maldat. Yeah. I remember <laughs> saying that, yes. Because it had similar... Uh, that was kind of my hunch, too. Yeah, because the face, he's got a chubby face. Um... Although, not that we have seen him unmasked before. <laughs> never. Because um, he never takes off his mask. So then we went and talked to Mano Negra, who was really... Um, he was very, like... You know, he's he's an older Mexican. It, he's Mexican gentleman. He's not Exactly. A, old guard. Old very, guard. Old school. Uh, pretty formal. Yeah. Uh, but very friendly. Yeah, very friendly. Really, really um, While we were talking to Dr. Cerebro, I was asking about Trauma 2, where he was at. And then um, that's when Dr... Um, right when we ended his interview... That's when Trauma 2 showed up. Mm-hmm. So we ended up saying hi to Trauma 2, who's pretty much already like, he already knows us. He's easy to talk to. He told us what was going on with his life. Mm-hmm. I was telling him, before the, before we interviewed him, I asked him, I told him about the prison the prison rumor. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and he said he, he said he heard it too. And he's like, he's like, I heard that too. It's like, it's like you're offline for a couple of months and people think you're the worst <laughs> going on. He said it wasn't true. He hurt his knee, and he just he, he said sometimes I post stuff, and you know I don't even and know. He also kind of bowed out of social media, didn't? Yeah, that's yeah. why people thought he was um he in was prison yeah or yeah well in prison yeah um so then what was going on then um, we watched the show I'm trying to remember um Man, we interviewed Trauma too during the intermission mm-hmm. Mano Negra looked for us. You obviously didn't see when he came out. No. I saw him, but I was like, "He's not looking for you me." You didn't realize he was looking. For I him. thought he was going to sell merchandise. Which actually, which actually, man, he his stock was up. Well, his stock was already up in my book, but went way up that he was actually looking for us to do the interview. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought mean, you're talking a legend who didn't even have to give us the time. Compare to that to like Johnny Mundo, who like kind of just blew yeah, us off. yes, exactly. Which yes. I don't, I don't find any problem. With oh that yeah, yeah, there's no yeah. Because, I mean, we ran, we just show up and interview people. And it's like, yeah. I'm guessing these guys... And, you know, Johnny Mundo is different because he's a WWE... He's a former WWE guy. He's used to press, you know, like... Oh, he's, you know, yeah, he's got, he's got press in his face all yeah, the time. So, so it's like, it's a different... So you can't really blame him for wanting to kind of yeah, duck an interview yeah. here and there. But, but for somebody who... 
It's been around since been the around. early 70s. Since... And a lot of the older guard is very formal and yeah. kind of guarded, but he was very welcoming. Yeah. And very I mean, nice. Yeah, very and nice I think the, the only thing he kind of wanted us to wrap it up because he had to get ready to leave because they actually got a like a, a, a bus... Like a little van, a minivan that That's right, yes. everybody like everybody the Tijuana crew. The Tijuana crew went in there. I think except Trauma too, who went with um, his um, mm-hmm. his fan his fans. He had like a couple of people That's that right. drive him out. Yes, the, the trauma dogs. the trauma crew. Um, I think those shows. I kind of miss Superboy. I don't know if you saw the picture. There's Superboy actually made his way back to um, Cleveland Arena. Oh no way! I saw a picture of him at the at the at Sunday show. Oh my gosh. This past Sunday, well, we gotta show. check one out when he's yeah. there, even if he's not on the yeah. show. I I missed that. Case. Him and his and him and his wife. I saw a picture. Of they were both there, but oh, he wasn't doing cool. the, he wasn't doing the announcing or anything. I think he just went to go see a, a show. So excellent. That was oh, cool. Um, then we went the following week to Oxnard. Yes, which was which worth yeah. the drive. <laughs> which was funny because I think a lot of people were asking us why weren't why didn't we just go to Los Angeles. The Saturday show. I had a social affair. Yes, before. and we didn't know about it either, so we had already made. We done. didn't know about it till like two days before. Yes, yes, and and uh, and it, we got confirmation from uh, the, the Oxnard show from Dallas. Um, Nerecasa's yes, wife. Yes, and uh, in fact, th- this was a rarity that I found out about the Kalela show before you did. You did. When yeah. did you find out about it? Like right before you, uh, like. No, because I noticed the I noticed the poster hanging in the Cleela Arena. <laughs> That's what I found out. That's when I found out about the Nero Casas. Oh, because but remember when we were at the we yeah, were, at, we were the at the show. show. But no, do you? Um, You're like, no, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, 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 because because remember we're talking about it and I said, oh yeah, I saw that online last night. Yeah, 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 and I and I, to be honest, when I saw it, I thought. I must be reading this wrong. Yeah, because then I told yeah. you. Then I told you really because I see that poster and I'm like, yeah. And then I got a close up of the poster. I go, but I don't know if that's like recent because you know sometimes they'll have old posters on there, so it's like yeah. I, I, I guess he drew some fans because. Um, but how did everybody find out about it? Because it was like it was okay. sudden. It was like yeah. sudden, and it, it was that was bizarre. And it was the same promoter. Yeah. It was the same promoter who brought him. Yeah, and by the time we knew about it, I had already made plans for that Saturday. Yeah, anyways. and I was in, I was already like, man, I ain't gonna go. It's like we're going to Oxnard. I mean, do yeah, I really... that, that was a that was a fun little joint, that little restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we showed up. It was a nice restaurant too, and we show up, and um, you spot Nero Casas as he walks in. Yes. And what happens? I walk up to him to say, "Hey." And what, what did, we what look is, like Marks going to him and like, oh I'm I, I, yeah. but you know it's that's he's what one of the rare he's on. one of the rare guys I would totally mark out yeah. for if if he had a clause I said if you want an interview you have to get up in front of everybody meet and bow I would bow to Negro Casas and it's, he's not the type who would do that it's he's, it's weird because he's like such a big star to us yeah it's like going like if you you compare him to basketball or sport a, a sport sports like. You randomly just see your favorite sports athlete there. Yes. And you go over there and like start talking to him, and he, he follows you on Facebook or something, and it's like weird. He, what, what was he said something funny about? Uh, well, he or, saw you, and he's like, he's like, hey, how are you doing? Um, I, I remember you, and he's like, and I was like, wow, he remembers Kurt. And he's like, he's, I go, how do you remember? And he's like, he's like, yeah, from his Facebook. Um, he posts all those funny pictures on Facebook. Yes, yes. And so I started laughing. That's what it was. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and then you know what it is? It's like, it's like. I, even if you put serious pictures, you're still making a. Even if they're normal pictures of you, 
you're still smiling and you have the you have just a, a, a personality like when people ask me well well Fredo you're and straight. I am acting so yeah and like, like I'm praising I, I have that profile picture where I'm where I'm praising a, a, a carton of yogurt well when people tell me oh Fredo you look so serious and so like well it doesn't matter even if I smile it's not gonna look like like I'm happy because Kurt's so out there you know it's like he's so outgoing I, like, I was very tickled that yeah. you remembered me from that though. yeah I, I was very tickled and I thought and then I thought okay he remembers Kurt from that I mm-hmm. understand. And so then I, I started asking him about, uh, about whether or not we can interview him. He's like, yeah, sure, um, just afterwards. And I'm like, and then he turns and he looks at, at the ring and he's like, is that the same ring from, from the last time? But then I ask him, I ask him from Saturday. He's like, no, no, from the last time that you, I saw you guys. And the last time he was here was December of 2014. 2014. So I was like, holy shit, he does remember us. Yes. And I was like so shocked. Yeah, and that, it, that blew me away. And then, you know, the other thing and... You know, again, compare this with people who have a lot of entourages and stuff like that. Uh, as per typical Lucha show, before the show, uh, a bunch of kids are in the ring, you know, doing tumbling and wrestling each other. And, you know, he got in there to f- just feel out the ring. And then he starts playing with the kids and yeah, yeah, yeah. on them. I thought, what a Took cool... a picture of him laying down on the ring. I was like, man, this is so cool. Like, he's yeah, just Yeah, yeah. And uh, on top of that, the profession... There couldn't have been more than 100 people there. No, there was more than that. Do you think? Yeah, it packed up afterwards. Places? 200. I think there was wow. 200. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good show. Like, it was a good show, but but a small show, a yeah. spot show. Less than 200. I think it was less, because I don't yeah. think it Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a very hearty crowd. If you count the, the drunks at the at the bar <laughs> on the side, I think we might, might get closer to probably didn't realize that there was actually wrestling there. <laughs> well, one of them did, because he tried to put Zacharias in the in the trash can, remember that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, I, I, we... One, but they they still were. I mean, he and Felipe because it packed. It, it was packed when when first when we first got there, we were worried about the show packing up, and it did get packed. There was a lot of people in there. At the, yeah, for, no, you're at right. The, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I just I just wasn't sure how much the place held. Yeah, it, it would have it, a good eye for. Like, yeah, it was more than hundred. Yeah, I, um, so we tell. I asked Nero Casa if we could interview him. He said yes, you could interview me. Um, I'm on the side. We're on the side, and we're like, and he's like telling me. On the side, I go, I go right now. He's like, yeah, come over on this side. And I kept thinking, okay, so I guess we'll go. He's like, just let me get dressed. So we go. We follow him to the outside. Mm-hmm. We had already gotten our ticket, our paid our entrance, yeah. the little stamp. Although we were kind of worried that, that the stamp was going to run. stamp was weak. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's all like that in all those shows that we've gone to. Yeah. I think only the only places maybe the ones that use the red stamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to be careful not to the, wash your hands too many times. Yeah, yeah, your you're already losing it. Stub. So we go out there, and Dan Farron gets to experience what we experience every time we try to do interviews. Waiting. Waiting. The art of waiting. Yes. Patience. We waited for about an hour outside. It was actually not that bad of a day because it was kind of windy. It was a nice day, yeah. actually. Yeah. So the, the, close to the coast. So, but what would happen was... They basically had the restaurant, and then on the other side, there was this gym, and the wrestlers were um, getting dressed in there. Mm-hmm. And in between, there was, like, the side street. While this must have been the busiest side street we've ever been in, like, in, like in between. In fact, it was an alleyway. It was, yeah, yeah there was nonstop cars were passing. Yeah. It was like, and so you had, fan, um, you had these people driving, and they would just be amused at seeing wrestlers um, walking in and out. I think we stayed out there for the first two matches. And then afterwards, we figured that Nero Casas wasn't coming out. So we went back in, in and watched the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually saw a pretty good bloodbath in um, 
That's right. The Sin Limite and Sin Limite Jr. versus uh, Miss... Made all the more effective because they're... Versus Piloto and um, Dr. Malda. Mm -hmm. That was a really good match. That was really good and and all the more effective, uh, all the juice from the Unlimiteds because they were in white. Yeah. Always makes it more like tragic and they also got the blood on one of the one of their i think it might have been one of the guy's girlfriends who was also wearing white. yeah she's yes. wearing white so their pants were all there's i posted a picture on there it was it was i always thought that would be so effective if if you shot an angle where the baby face juices like crazy and you had like a plant at ringside who was dressed in white and cradles the uh yeah the person there with with blood all over their white yeah you could tell like when, when, when i remember when ali park when he had that him and Santo had that, Hijo Santo had that match in Monterey. Mm-hmm. They both decided to wear like white. Yeah. Although Santo always wears the silver, but he wore like a lighter silver. It looked like a lot lighter than usual. And they just bled and it was all over the place. Um, and then the match, the main event was um, Zacharias Perico teaming up with um, Felino. I, I like how it was <laughs> teaming up. He was he was the second with um, Felino and Nero Casas versus, I'm trying to remember who they fought. Oh, uh... Mysterioso Jr. and... Who was the other guy? He was awesome. Oh, Latico Blanco. Yeah. Latico Blanco. Yes. Latico Blanco is so cool. I, I, he has a cool look. He has that old school yes, look. Yes, yes. He would like, be like a really good 70s, 80s Rudo. And again, another another nod to somebody like Casas. They put them over. They put yeah, them over. yeah. And then Casas kind of built up a, a, a singles match with him and Mysterioso. Yeah. Um, the Mysterioso that's local here in Los Angeles in Southern California. Yes. Uh, but then afterwards, as the match ended, everyone wanted to take pictures with everyone with the guys. Uh, Zacharias, I did not get to get my picture taken with Zacharias at Perico. Kurt and Dan did. They pretty much like aggressively pursued him. That's right. Uh, Felino took pictures with people. Uh, Negro Casas carried people and kissed. Oh, totally. Kids. I, I would say Costa spent more time with the fans yeah. than, than everybody combined. That so then Negro Casas left, mm-hmm. and Felino was starting to leave. They left Zacharias at Perico alone, which really worried me, <laughs> which was funny, <laughs> as I chased Felino. So then I go and call, I asked Felino. I go, Felino, uh, I spoke to Negro Casas earlier. Uh, we were going to interview you guys. Would that be cool? And he's like, yeah, I'll go tell my brother right mm-hmm. now. And I thought, oh, you know. He's going to tell him. I, I doubt he's going to tell yeah. him. We'll still go out there and maybe Nero Casa shows up and we can get an interview. So then I'm, and as Felino, I had just told Felino that Felino leaves and I'm yelling at him, hey, don't forget Zacharias. Oh, don't worry. He'll come out right now. <laughs> and sure enough, he came out and left. So then we're waiting again outside. I think maybe like 10, 15 minutes and Nero Casa walks out. Mm-hmm. We just approach him again, like yeah. We just and he's like friend. And he's like he's all friendly, and he's like he's like. Do you guys want to take pictures? We got great <laughs> yes. photo ops. Yes. In so fact, then, I, I, in fact, I don't think I send you all the pictures. I still have to send you all the rest of the pictures that we took with him, with you, Dan, and I. Yeah. I I, I love when he d- got the picture with Dan after they did two poses. He says. Okay, let's take an, a Peste Negra picture, picture and when he sticks his finger up his nose. <laughs> that was so awesome. Yeah, Just, yeah, but it's like it, he he wanted to take funny pictures with us because he I that's, love that. he knew Kurt from that. So then I um, we start talking. I start asking him a bunch of stuff, and, and I I ask him, "Hey, so are you ready for your interview?" He's like, "Oh, you still want to do the interview?" Okay, so we start doing the interview. He actually asked us how we were doing, how. And all this stuff. You, you should really learn Spanish just so you could get all this stuff. Like, I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's my, the, of all my eccentricities, that's the biggest, is that I followed Lucha since day 10. I even taken Spanish classes and did well in them, but my 
Spanish is still marginal at best. Yeah, so... At best. And he's one of those, uh, kind of like with the traumas, when I hear you guys, like I could never join in the conversation, but when I hear the two of you talking, I can pick up a good degree of what yeah. he's saying. Where uh, He's I, very easy to talk to, much like the traumas and um, yeah. Never Navarro. Yeah. Just very easy, like... He was asking us how we were doing and stuff like that. And when you're talking with Felino, he's very uh, engaging. Too. Yeah, yeah, he's a very friendly guy. So we had the interview in Narcasas, and then like Zacharias comes out. Dan took a picture of him just holding his um, suitcase. That's right. You took a picture of them walking off. Unfortunately, in the, alley. Was, the picture didn't come out well. Yeah. I, I, I so I'm so bummed. I wish I, I. That should have been something that we had like a, a professional camera person like just taking pictures of them leaving. Yeah, or, or Photoshop it where it looks like the sun's setting as they walk off into their next destination. So then, as 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 they were leaving, Felino apologized to me for um, not being able to do the interview, and mm-hmm. I'm like, and I was like, oh no problem. He's like, he's like, oh, what happened? I hurt my leg, and they were massaging my leg and. I just couldn't. I I couldn't do it, and, yeah. and I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I and I tell him, you're on informal. I'll get through. I'll I'll just ask questions on there. And he's like, he's like, yeah, sure, sure. Don't don't That's worry. Great. Right. Tell him next time. Next time you're in, we'll we'll yeah. interview you. But yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, I mean, fun. that was the first yeah. time. Yeah, that was the first time I ever saw Felino live. Really? Yeah. Wow. All Never, these years. I've always wanted to see. Yeah. Him. And it, you know, it's funny because he does a lot of comedy, but I think on this show, being that it was a different group of guys. Yeah. It just came off a lot better than when you see well, him and on it's also cool the same because, CML Because there's a lot of guys show. who will do a spot show and not work. Yeah, yeah. and they actually worked. That. That's what they I was telling Nero Casas. I was telling Nero Casas how this match was so much better than the one we watched in, in 2014 that he was in. Yeah. Because he didn't have to leave right away. And he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even that one in 2014, considering that he had to rush through. I mean, they had to rush through that match. But the fans were still happy. Yeah. He, he didn't just like get in there fall down get pinned or something yeah. like that he he actually and, and that's the thing is is there's something about watching Casas live especially when you see you know the the previous matches you know some were okay some were good but when you see Casas it's like you're watching the gold standard yeah. it just makes it look so effortlessly good yeah i mean it's just amazing just to see him like in person yes and, yeah i think i'm taller than him too so <laughs> no, I think you are. Actually, you are. I know. I, I like how this continues. We my, yes, I'm continuing my trend of like trying to figure out who I'm taller than. And <laughs> I think right now, so far, I think I'm taller than Doctor Cerebro. Also, okay. So you see, there's the the feature column you have to have where luchadors you, you I'm go, taller than. <laughs> yeah, but but no, we have to have it be a two prong one. Uh, kind of like how was it? Jeff Browdern has that book of him interviewing wrestlers when he's at a restaurant yeah. with him. You know, he has a sit-down. And what we uh, we do is you have to uh, be at a different restaurant every time with a different luchador. That would be a fun Yes, thing. and you review their chicken strips. The <laughs> restaurant's chicken strips. Yes. And then, and then you I get to... whether you're taller than the wrestler yes. you're with. But I do it, like, in between the interview rather than, like, just... Yes! yes it can't It can't be just, like, at the beginning and or at the end. And, at and, the and we have to have, like, a, a little glass of wine. And then I have, to, to, share, I have to share the chicken strip with the wrestler. Yes! So that he can actually judge it as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we're on the It becomes thing. part of the conversation. Yeah, but, I mean, it was a fun... That it was, was a, a fun show. Time. I had yeah. a great time that day. Yeah. I, I left, like... I love it when I can go to a show and despite having been involved in wrestling, I still feel like a mark. Yeah, man. plus we were confronted by a, a drunk woman and she didn't like... That was hysterical. She didn't like threaten to kill us or anything. She wasn't as dangerous. That's right, that's right. I, I was worried because I didn't understand what she was saying. She basically, like, if you've ever seen Ozzy Osbourne, she had the shakes. She did. I That, that I could tell. I, I just didn't know what she's saying to you and I, 
I didn't know what language she was talking, and I looked at you guys, and then finally she she kind of said that all she wanted was to drink, to yeah. go to the bar, and, she, and, and, and I was like, oh, you. <laughs> Fredo is not exaggerating. The shakes is what it was. Yeah. She didn't look, look like she was going to vomit or yeah, anything. Just but... looked like she needed a drink. Oh, so then God. I just told her, I told her, ah, you can go in. I'm not security. And she went in and yes, the, she was, nobody kicked her out. She was there the entire which time. Which is probably good for them because I think she could have kicked ass on several of the people yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in that restaurant. Yeah, so overall. That was a fun yeah, time. Yeah, fun really, time. Really, really good time. Looking forward to going to more shows. Yeah. Doing more interviews. I see a lot of people. So I saw Platanito. Yeah, you know, yeah. up with him some. Yeah. And teased him that his wife had just left him. <laughs> His, 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 his wife was uh, was in there, a big four by four, and uh, I think she went to the store or something to get yeah. something. And he's like, "Where's my wife?" And I'm yeah. like, "Sorry, Platonito, she wised up finally." <laughs> it was good seeing. It was good seeing everybody. Yeah, a lot of, lot of. Yeah, plus you got a booking out of it, so. That's true. You, That's you might, true. You, you might be debuting there as Trauma Gringo. Trauma Gringo. <laughs> <laughs> I still think I still think we should have gone. Through, if we were, if we were if it was possible to go to that show just to get your picture with them, and I could just tweet out Negro Navarro trauma one trauma two and trauma oh, gringo. And I do wish we could have gone. Yeah. I really next wish time they're here all the time. So yeah, we'll look so, forward to that. Yeah. Well, I guess that covers stuff. Yeah, longer than I expected. Much longer, but we had I had fun doing it. I hope people yeah. have fun listening to this. And uh, until that, ladies and gentlemen, what else can I say? But. Hare Krishna.